You are all going to die tonight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Horror in Session, a horror podcast where a horror expert and a newbie go through all of your favorites old and new. I am your host as always, Raina Cervantes, and with me as always is my wonderful student and co-host, Kyla. Hello, how are you doing this week? Um, Pretty good. I got the second dose of the COVID vaccine, so... I was I was feeling it. Um, yeah, still, I heard. Yeah, and still kind of not feeling it. <laughs> oh no! You've been taking all that Tylenol though, right? Yeah, just basically Tylenol. Sleep, drinking lots of water. Yes, occasionally, exactly. <laughs> occasionally getting up and rotating my arm, but other than that, I'm I'm feeling okay. I I I feel more relieved than anything that it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it, I thought it ended up being. Um, I was like, everybody's just being dramatic. It's not going to be that bad. And then uh-huh. it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty intense. Uh, you got Moderna as well, right? I did, yeah. And actually, I've been hearing Pfizer. I don't know how to say it. Pfizer. People <laughs> have not been having that bad of symptoms. So now I'm just like, wait. <laughs> Somebody was saying that, like, they said research, I mean, don't quote me on this, but they were saying, like, the more side effects it has, like, the more it works. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm fine with that, I think. I'll I'll believe that. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, So we have a pretty exciting episode today, huh? Yes, I've been excited for this episode for, like, months now, right? We've been talking about this for months. Yeah, this one's been in the works for a while. Um. It's actually pretty funny because I know people probably look and see that we're doing like more recesses and they're like, when are they going to get back to Universal Horror? But uh, trust me, today's episode is is well worth it. Well worth taking the d- little detour. Um, Definitely. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Joining us today, she's a television writer and co-writer of the hit 2020 horror film host. Please welcome to the show, Gemma Hurley. Hey, I'm really excited to be here and chat about uh, the two films we've got up to. I can't speak English, apparently. (laughs) That was a great intro. Hey, guys, I'm Gemma. I co-wrote host and I'm very excited about the films we're talking about today. Yeah, thank you for joining us. It's honestly such a pleasure to have you on today. Mm, Yeah, no, thanks for inviting me. I um, I love... um, cosmic horror and the film that we're going to talk about later i haven't seen uh since uh i don't know i was like 15 Mm -hmm. so i watched it the first time this week again and it was a very different experience so can't wait to chat and dive into that that's so funny i want to know what's different about it this time (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to wrap around what we were talking about before the pod are you guys still in lockdown over there yeah, um, yeah, I was very, yeah, I was very jealous that you guys have both had <laughs> had both of your freaking vaccines. I've had none, um, mm-hmm. and probably won't do for a, I don't know a month or so. Um, yeah, we're still in lockdown, just sitting in my room waiting for life to start again. Oh, no. um, it's been wow. like a year. We've been in and out, um, but you know, it's just been I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna look back on and think about all this time, but. Um, it's just been a bit mad, hasn't it? To put a <laughs> yeah. So, so so California was pretty brutal when it came to lockdown. Um, 
I really. I want to say we locked down like March 2020 and then just like barely us, reopened. Yeah. But people are going buck wild now. Like, really? It's, yeah, yeah, it's back in swing. I had to do a shoot, a photo shoot in LA yesterday at the studio, and I could not find parking because everybody <sighs> was out and about, and it was just like so crowded. And I was like, wow, yeah. Yeah, I like, guess we're back. Like uh, uh, Disneyland reopened finally. Yeah. That's Are people it. hugging each other and stuff? Is it, is, you know, that's in my head. That's the movie version. Um, or is people still a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable? Yeah, people are hugging again, I feel like. We're, yeah, people are a little less scared because most people have their vaccines. I think the scary part is that we don't know how effective the vaccines are. I mean, like, I feel like we'll people... We'll find like, out the hard way. I know. <laughs> I don't know. So we're still trying to be a little cautious, but, like, we can hug with our masks on type of thing. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, I can't remember the last time I shook someone's hand. I think I'm just going to be like, you know, just touching everybody as soon as I'm allowed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like clammy hands on faces and stuff. I, I saw someone uh, tweet out. They're like, I just got my second vaccine. Who am, who's going to let me open mouth kiss them? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so... I, I I don't know like I think it could go either way like one everyone's gonna be scared to touch each other or two like like Kyla said everyone's just gonna go buck wild yeah yeah this sounds like some kind of like uh like the purge like some kind of competition with you know gangs roaming the streets trying to kiss each other like people <laughs> hiding in their homes you know it's terrible it's, it's like I missed all my <sighs> friends let me kiss them yeah <laughs> <laughs> too much too much love yeah, definitely. Um, so before we dive into these two exciting movies that we're going to talk about this week, um, let's just go around the table. Uh, what have we been watching this week? Uh, Kyla, you want to kick us off? Um, yeah, I guess again for class. I've I've in film school, so I've been just watching screenings for class. Um, so we watched Collateral, which is this mm. Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx movie from like two thousand four, I guess. Yeah, Michael Mann. Funny. Yeah, I don't know who Michael Mann is. Like, apparently people know who Michael Mann is. I don't know who this guy is. I haven't seen <gasps> this film. What is it about? It's like a, a neo-noir, so like a film noir, a modern like film noir about like this taxi driver and then this hitman gets in the taxi cab and tells, makes him like take him to all his hits, like hmm. the people he has to murder. Um, it's very fun, funny, um, but Tom Cruise definitely freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> he's very freaky man he's good at running he's good at being angry uh did yeah you guys, no did you guys see that photo for the new mission impossible they posted where he's like standing on the train what <laughs> no it's like this old school like steam engine train and he's standing like on the front part of it <laughs> He's oh insane. my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw someone retweet it and they put like as the comment, they're like, finally, they're going to kill Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 oh but, my uh, God. Collateral's good. I really like Collateral. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's funny. Tom, Tom Cruise with gray hair is kind of a sight to behold. <laughs> is that what happened to him over lockdown? Or... They just, made his hair gray in the movie. He it looks like a like a camp. It was very campy. I was like, "What is going on? Why does he look like that? He looks like a grandpa." <laughs> well, I mean, he is the age of a grandpa, so he's like he's like in his fifties, jumping out of helicopters still. Yeah, very. Hang on. In, 
is this this new the new Mission Impossible? Is that the one where he was uh, recorded like shouting at someone on set because of COVID? Yes. Stuff? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, maybe maybe he did go grey in the, the stress of <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I I know he's like losing his mind supposedly <laughs> at the fact that like Mission Impossible keeps getting delayed. It was supposed to come out in 2020, but I think right now it has a tentative release date of May 2022. Oh my god! Which which I'm losing my mind because I love those movies. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we're gonna be spoiled in 2022 with the amount of films coming out. I'm sure. But, yeah. Um... Oh, we're, everything. We're, we're, we're already getting spoiled. <laughs> I was like looking at like everything coming out this month and I was like, good lord. Oh, what um, are you looking forward to? Oh, uh Spiral. Yes. Uh, the new Saw film. Uh A Quiet Place Part Two. Mm-hmm. Um, Seance is coming out. There's like there's like so much. I had a list and I was like, oh, I'm getting so overwhelmed. <laughs> are these all coming out on Shudder or in cinemas over there? So Seance, I believe, is hitting Shudder. Uh, Spiral and A Quiet Place are hitting cinema. Um, I know A Quiet Place Part 2, after 45 days, goes to Paramount Plus, their streaming mm. service. I love how you guys, like, did that, like, harmonizing. Yeah. <laughs> like, practice. like, okay, like, I guess. <laughs> I vibe with it. Um, so, uh, Gemma, what have you been watching this week? You know, I was trying to, I was panic thinking like, Jesus, what have I watched this week when you asked that uh-huh. question? Um, I uh, watched um, a Indian film, like a kind of horror, like folk horror, I want to say, yeah. um, called called um, Bull Bulb on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was on Netflix. And um, yeah, it was just kind of beautiful. And I mean, essentially it was like a kind of folk tale about, you know, the kind of scorned kind of witchy woman who lives in the forest um, with her feet twisted back around the other way, who picks off men who, you know, who are, you know, bad men and things like that. And um, but it kind of like flipped the tail and made, you know, that woman the, uh, you know, she's not the, you know, this is why she's being brought to this place. And, you know, you know, we're all kind of culpable for it. We're all, you know, a society, and um, I don't know. I just thought it was quite a beautiful tale. It's just so gorgeous and sumptuous as well. I totally recommend it. It, it reminded me of like, um, you know, kind of like Pan's Labyrinth, kind of like, you know, that kind of like kind of ooh, creepy folktale um, type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I totally recommend that. Um, what else have I been watching? I, uh, you won't have this over here. We've got like. I've been watching Mayor of Eastwick on Sky and um I oh I oh this is a great film. Has anyone seen Love and Monsters? Um, oh I want to see it. Yeah, it yes. came out earlier this month, I think. On so, Amazon. Yes, and then that one came out last year over here in the US. Um I actually oh. own it on Blu-ray, I believe. Yeah, I do. Oh, I'm like looking oh, God, at it on my shelf. Really <laughs> yeah. I think that was one that like um my my uk friend she was like oh you saw that we don't even get that until like almost next year i don't think oh dude we're so behind no it's you know it's netflix actually yeah it's so much fun it was just like god i've missed seeing films like this in the cinema that aren't like these huge you know ips it was just like an original film that kind of was an homage to all those kind of like 80s monsters films but it had a sense of humor and it you know managed to surprise me and it didn't tell that kind mm-hmm. of you know, it told a recognizable story in a different way, and I really appreciated it. 
Oh, I wow. love I love so, Dylan O'Brien so much. <laughs> so the the writer of that film, Brian Duffield, had like one hell of a 2020 last year. Um, he also wrote and directed Spontaneous. Um, and he did uh, he wrote Underwater with uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm. Oh, wow. God, he has been busy. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's a hell of a year. <laughs> yeah, everyone keeps telling me to watch Spontaneous. I really need to check that out. Very good. Highly recommended. Awesome. Also, if you love gore, it's it'll be right up your alley. You know, this is the thing. I appreciate we're going to watch uh, talk about a film that is very gory, um, uh-huh. but it is not my cup of tea, funnily enough. So <gasps> no way. this is going to be interesting. Like, I am not a torture porn fan, even though... <laughs> Um, I love horror um, and mm-hmm. sci-fi, so yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Right on. Um, nothing new t- for me this week on watching. I did watch something, but unfortunately, once again, I am under embargo. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from the embargoed thing that I watched this week, um, I spent most of my week uh, reviewing Resident Evil Village for BloodyDisgusting.com, and. Uh, that was that was really good. I really loved uh, the new Resident Evil. Uh, it's I saw somebody say it was like a Disneyland for horror movies. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, it's got like it's got like every horror cliched and right. it and it like keeps you consistently moving forward and going through all these different horror tropes that like they like compared it to like a fun house like ride at Disneyland for oh, it. Oh, that sounds oh fun gosh. though. I like fun horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's it's very fun. Um, I ended up giving it a four point five out of five. Mm. Um, I definitely think it's worth it if you're a horror fan or just like a Resident Evil fan or just like good video games. It's it's a good one. Mm. I, I, I like it. That's so exciting! Uh, I'm so proud of you for that review you did. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Capcom had actually reached out to me after a tweet went viral of mine about Resident Evil. And they're like, hey, we saw your writer. Um, Would you be interested in reviewing it for uh, one of the sites you write for? And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, oh, hell yeah. You ain't got to ask me twice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Aww. definitely. Um, So what do you say? You guys ready to hop into this first movie that we're going to talk about today? I'm ready. I'm excited. Let's you do know it. What, you know what? Something tells me that you really like this first movie we're going to talk about, Gemma. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm a massive egoist. This is going to be fun. <laughs> the first film we're covering this week is Host from 2020, directed by Rob Savage, written by Gemma Hurley, Rob Savage, and Jed Shepard. Film stars Haley Bishop, Gemma Moore, Emma Louise Webb, Caroline Warren, Ward, and Radina Dranova. The film follows six friends that hire a medium to hold a seance via Zoom during lockdown that get far more than they bargained for as things go wrong very quickly. The film currently holds a whopping 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Let's do a shot, guys, to us. Hey, everyone, get in. Three, two, one. Have you ever done anything like this before? I've never done this over Zoom. Obviously, we're not physically together, but there's no reason why Spirit can't communicate over the internet. Nothing's going to happen. Visualize us sitting in a circle. Spirit, we invite you to use us to pass on any communication. Is there anyone there? Please come forth. 
was that? Amy, was that you? I heard it. Yeah. I heard something. I think there's something here. Emma, oh, funny. something. You know, we've connected with something. We gotta keep going. We gotta talk to it. This is not good. I told you not to disrespect the spirits. It could be something Um, so usually we kick this off by, um, I usually ask Hyla what she thinks of the movie, um, since it's her first time watch. It's a bit awkward. I'm sitting right here. (laughs) (laughs) I I realized that. I can leave, guys. (laughs) Thankfully, thankfully, I think we have nothing but praise for this movie, correct? Oh, Absolutely. I I mean, I hope you don't mind comparisons, but don't think I've seen anything like it since Paranormal Activity. And that was, what, like 12 years ago? Like, holy crap. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Like in terms of like the found footage elements of it or? Just like the fact that it's so deeply scary, I guess. Like it's something that is it's just haunting and I don't feel like I get that scared from that many horror movies but I'm especially mm. as afraid of demonic spiritual ghosts and stuff um but I haven't felt like this scared since paranormal when I watched paranormal activity in the fourth grade from a, a spiritual demonic movie so mm. oh, yeah. that's high praise thank you <laughs> I, I love it. It's amazing. Raina, like, I know you've been talking about this movie for months, ever since it came out. Um, yeah, this is one that I've actually uh, been really talking about since the moment it dropped. Um, I really love this movie. It actually made my top 10 horror films of last year. What? Um, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote an article for a website and um, I believe Host was was on it. I didn't, I don't do the like, oh, like, it's ranked by like quality. It's just like, I just list off like 10 movies that I really loved and it was on there. Um, I agree with Kyla. Like it's really hard to kind of really get under my skin, but host does a wonderful job of doing that. Thank you. I mean, do you guys feel, I want, I'm so curious to um, hear from your personal experience. Why that did that for you? Do you, was it because you both like, you know, believe in, uh, demonic possession as something that could be possible or because it was on Zoom so it felt very relatable or was it something else entirely do you think? So for me um, one I grew up very Catholic um, so mm-hmm. uh, I a thousand percent believe in demonic possession and like demons and whatnot so anything involving that kind of like weirds me out kind of gets under my skin and I also find technology kind of very scary so mm. the fact that like it was a zoom call and like i it's just like demonic possession and technology mixed together i was like <laughs> oh man i don't like this <laughs> that's so funny had you guys seen like um because you know 
a, a film that we get compared to a lot is um unfriended um mm-hmm. i think i think actually unfriended's pretty good it's much better than i thought it was going to be um mm-hmm. and i wondered you know have, have you guys seen that and you know how you think you know did that get under your skin in the same way if you have i th- i think i think unfriended because i have seen that one um multiple times i think ooh, what didn't work for me on unfriended was like the whole like kind of like bullying element mm. the teenage drama aspect of it yeah whereas like hosts it's like oh they're all getting together for this seance over zoom and it's like that's something that that kids would actually do um i remember in high school like meeting up to like play around with like ouija boards and whatnot (laughs) so it's like host has like this more like level of believability to it rather than like this forced like cliche teen drama aspect about it yeah i think that's really fair to say and that was kind of a lot of that came from um the director rob savage's sort of um kind of vision for it I guess he like you know when we were like coming up with the story you know like they originally had all these characters sorry they had all these um stunts and scares they wanted to do but the beginning and they had these five actresses they wanted to work with they didn't have um necessarily a story um and their main kind of you know guiding light for it was like everything has to feel realistic it has to feel real and you know so like when we were like working on like the story beats and the, the potential dialogue um that the actresses could say it was really just like move away from those movie moments you know those kind of like big confrontations those you know where you you know you you say everything you you've been holding back from the other person just like not having any of that going mm-hmm. for like what is the most believable thing that would how you'd react in this situation even if it's not the most dramatic thing and just mm-hmm. lean like you know do the 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 less um movie thing essentially and i think that kind of worked and i'm glad that he was really pushing for that mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it was so subtle and it just felt like we were just popping into these people's lives and i was really surprised about the COVID aspect that you guys wrote into this movie because everybody has been complaining on twitter what is movies what are movies going to look like are people going to incorporate covid and the way you guys did it was just so masterful it so Aww. subtle it just really works thank you because we were just really wanted to have we re, like everyone you know we're we're cynical like if you know if i'd seen this film it's like oh god i don't want to see a film about covid i don't want i don't <laughs> want to think about covid you know i'm sick of it um we didn't want to do um a coronavirus movie but we were like we do want to do a film about you know, lockdown and like people just, you know, disconnected from each other, like desperate for connection and, you know, um, what can go awry um, in that kind of situation. I think we managed to have our cake and eat it a little bit with that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And how we, how did you guys get this out so fast? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, so we, um, so Rob, um they they did a prank i don't know you know about this they did a prank video on zoom and that they circulated on twitter around sort of like april last year um where they you know they um rob like got all of his mates including all the actresses on on uh zoom and then he's like oh there's something in my attic he like you know come be on the call with me while i go and check it out like i hear all these scratchings and stuff so you know he goes up does a clever switcheroo with his camera he goes into the attic and then he you know switches the footage out for that 
uh, shot in wreck where like the zombie kid jumps out from the attic um and you know everyone screams it's you know the video goes viral and off the back of that um you know they got a lot of attention like rob and jed for like you know let's do a, a feature movie version of this like you know is it possible so um they were like yeah yeah of course sure we, we've already figured that out um and um they hadn't and um rob approached me and then we basically had two weeks to come up with a story and then they had four no they had two weeks with some pickups to shoot it and then I think they had another six weeks to do the post I've probably messed up the maths but all in all it was 12 weeks from let's do this to it goes live on shutter it was like one of those like crazy like edge of the seat of your pants you don't have a chance to second guess yourself kind of timeline (laughs) that's amazing yeah that's that's wild yeah because I remember like shutter just like randomly kind of like randomly dropping news of it and it came out super fast it came out before the trailer came out you know like mm-hmm. it, it dropped on like the 31st of july and then the trailer came out sometime in early august <laughs> it was just like <laughs> that, that's gotta be a first yeah yeah it was it, i mean there's so many weird things about and a lot of it's obviously covid dependent you know it, it went to the cinemas after it was mm-hmm. on shutter like which is just weird um mm-hmm. And yeah, now it's got a Blu-ray and it's just, it's just been a mad, mad wild ride. Like none of us had any expectations that, you know, more than that people would see it other than, you know, a kind of culty shutter audience. So we're just like pretty just stoked still about it even now, like a year later. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you guys feel about that? Like hundred percent and like the reception (laughs) it's received from like everybody. It's you know honestly it's just been like the only good thing. <laughs> it's the only good thing that really happened last year and and because it's just it's been a nightmare and it's just been so lovely um to feel part of um I guess a community online of people who you know the horror community is so welcoming and I didn't I didn't really know this before like host came out um they've just there's just community there and just been part of that has been so um I don't know just like feeling like you're connected I guess in, in an era of disconnection has has been really like a lifesaver for me personally if I'm honest mm-hmm. I love that I feel the same we started this podcast last year and I was I was really impressed by the horror community it's great to be here and we're mm-hmm. glad to have you um I actually had a question about the actresses is so is the end, end credit scene is that real what do you mean? The end credit scene was that was that acting or is that real or is 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 that not a question I'm supposed to ask? No, no, no. I mean, is it, do you mean like um, when you say the credits? Do you mean the credits where the titles come up, or do you mean like the the final shot where they uh, do the elbow bump? The shot. Well, where? Oh, maybe I got an extra one. I b- rented it, and they they added a video of. Um, they did a real seance call or everybody did a real seance call. I think you're in it. And yes, all the I've got blonde hair all... at the time. Sorry. Yeah. Dylan. Is that real? Or is that? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. the actresses were so similar to their characters. So I was wondering also off of that, like how much the, the actresses um, go into your writing of their characters? That's such a good question. So you're talking about the um... – uh, the extras that come like I don't know if you saw on iTunes or on uh, wherever but yeah there are some places you can watch it where there's a bunch of kind of like behind the scenes 
And um, that in those two weeks I've talked about when we were developing the story, um, you know, within that, I got to meet the actresses for the first time on a Zoom call during a real seance that we did where we got a real medium in um, to lead a seance on Zoom. So I could observe the actresses reacting to a seance and see what would happen. And as you observed, like, you know, a lot of what happened on that call ended up in the film, especially that first 30 minutes of their, you know, their their natural banter, um, you know, their natural sort of um, kind of scaredy cat aspects. And yes, there are obviously similarities with the actresses in real life on the, and on the screen. And, you know, part of that is they're using their same names and they've got that natural chemistry which they've developed over years and years and years which you know I think adds to its authenticity um but really it was just you know they're not exactly the same like um I've had to we had to find ways to mine tension and conflict out of that friendship group which isn't there in real life you know we had to like you know engineer a way for like Haley and Gemma to have tension and we did that by you know like exaggerating certain aspects of Gemma's personality you know to be a bit more kind of um contrarian and um exaggerating other parts of Haley's personality and you know it was it's it, the film is let's be honest it's like 56 minutes long there wasn't time um for really getting any sense of backstory of who these girls are all you had time to do um was just set up their relationship dynamic and um you know we, that was kind of our main challenge and I think a lot of that comes from us kind of recognizing who these people are in our own friendships or in ourself and being able to kind of project onto that friendship group who they are um and you know and I, I hopefully you know that comes off as you know just authentic because of their wonderful chemistry and their wonderful improvised language and dialogue that they have together um there certainly was enough time to write that so I was just you know they're such talented actresses um so yeah we're very it was very exciting to see them during a real seance and you know seeing all that stuff that happened um it made my job very easy yeah that was so fun um yeah and I think what you did with the writing with um the beginning where Gemma's kind of being a little bit annoying set Mm -hmm. everything up so well and so subtly and that's just something I like noticed right away when we started getting into the story I was like wow that really paid off that little moment you know Mm, yeah she yeah we because this is the thing like that um there is a tension between Gemma and Haley, and I think they do without dialogue at the beginning where they're kind of um like I think Gemma's like oh I want to look at my like can I do an email or something they're kind of playing um you know like eye tennis silently on a zoom call (laughs) I think to be honest I think that came out of um you know, them improvising with Rob, the director on set, like, you know, how can we just convey this in, in the simplest way possible? Um, um, and really, I think what had changed between what we planned for it and what happened on the set was just really just, yeah, just stripping it back and stripping it back and less is more. Um, and I'm glad they did. Yeah, I love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Chill. I haven't seen footage of this real seance. I got I got to oh, no. seek this out. <laughs> oh. I'm like something sitting here going like, wait, the, what? Something falls off like Gemma's um, something falls off her shelf and she starts crying. 
in real life oh. during the seance. It's oh, scary. Wow. I thought something was going to happen. I was sitting there with, with my ears closed. I was like, this is creepy. Is this real? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It, I mean, it, what, and she is a real medium. Like Rob's worked with her before oh in like this, um, this British TV documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, originally going into that, um, the characters of Haley and Gemma were going to be swapped the other way around. Um, and mm. I think it would have been a very different film, um, you know. But um, after seeing that, it was like, okay, well, let's lean into the prank element where this idea came from and, like, mm-hmm. make Gemma a bit more of a prankster. Um, and, like, also just, you know, I think one of the, for me, one of the really interesting and challenging things about a conversation on Zoom with a group of people is that, you know, only one person can speak at one time. You know, the person with the loudest voice is the one who's heard the most you don't have these kind of more natural breakout conversations and I think that's wonderful tension to mine um if there's a kind of kind of competitive element within a friendship group so that was really just like you know I'm not saying that was there in their relationship in real life but it was you know imagining putting that on um so that friendship group was quite useful um for a you know a seance that was going to be um you know exploited by a demonic force (laughs) (laughs) definitely i mean we all been on zoom this whole year so it's so relatable (laughs) it would have been ironic if we use zoom for today's podcast recording oh my gosh (laughs) yeah well i I can say you know like the 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 girls have done like probably like 50 seances on zoom by now and they're Mm -hmm. fine so i think (laughs) they're like oh no (laughs) they're like oh no not again (laughs) not again not again yeah no portals Uh, have been open to the other side we're okay so i uh, i wanted to kind of wrap back around to um i love the runtime of your guys's movie um oh yeah 56 minutes yeah yeah, always always i find myself kind of complaining that a movie's too long um it's weird because i like my movies either super long or super short like uh host and Zack Snyder's Justice League have like the greatest run times in my opinions. <laughs> it's funny you bring up Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't um cause, you know he didn't yeah he had this is we we're talking about the director's cut aren't you that he managed <laughs> to do that everyone loves and we'll never get the director's cut of the film that we're going to be talking about in a moment um but yeah um to your point about host's short run time it was meant to be shorter um oh. yeah i mean we were aiming to do a 40 minute zoom call as a film mm-hmm. um but then it was just like well this is the length the film needs to be so that's the length it is no 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 less no more um which is quite freeing because you know it wasn't that long ago where that wouldn't have been allowed in a weird way for some mm. obscure reason mm-hmm. i i forget like what the exact time is to be considered like a feature film I think it's I mean, 90 is usual, but I think it technically, isn't it like, I don't 50, know, I want to say, I believe. Yeah, you no, know, I think it's more than that. I think it's like 70 something because there was this thing at the um, BAFTAs about an episode of Black Mirror getting an award and it was only like 63 minutes long or something. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but um, mm. I think it's over the hour mark, I think. I'm not sure. Most, it says. You're going to uh, show I'm bullshitting now. Great. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, a feature that runs for more than 40 minutes is considered a feature film. 
Ah, mm. interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. So no, you are not bullshitty. <laughs> I think we are technically a feature, but I don't know if we qualify for certain things because of our length or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I know like Screen Actors Guild and like other like mm-hmm. organizations have like different edits. I believe SAG theirs is like 75 minutes. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, theirs is like weird but i think something like the academy and whatnot it's like 40 minutes i believe well we just don't quote me on that (laughs) (laughs) but uh, but no um i i think it i think it genuinely really works at the runtime that it's at i um i love it that's that's wild to me that it was going to be shorter (laughs) yeah but i think all of that comes from the first act that whole stuff you were you know talking about a moment ago where they're um those friends they're just chatting and we get to know them and care about them Mm -hmm. and like them or be annoyed by them or you know sympathize with them before they're murdered i guess spoiler alert um (laughs) you know um and i think that's it's really for me that's the most interesting thing about this because it breaks so many you know the all the screenwriting rules that are kind of bored into us um you know about structure and mm-hmm. you know, save the cat beats and it has to fall at 17 minutes into the film and all that kind of bullshit um mm-hmm. this film is really really top heavy it's got a really bloated first act that's like 40 percent of the film and like the third act is about seven minutes in comparison mm-hmm. it's it's um but i think it's to its i think that's why it works um in my opinion because it's like um it's like a you know a funfair ride you know you have all that kind of build up build up build up build up and then you just have that that quick kind of uh cathartic adrenaline payoff at the end um, and if it was dragged out it wouldn't be exciting anymore it would be like oh i'm not scared anymore and and that's where i think the two issues lie with unfriended that that host remedies is one you believe this group are like actually genuinely friends even though there's that tension between them mm-hmm. um whereas like unfriended i didn't really buy that that was all that much of a friend group um yeah and and two uh i think unfriended goes on a little too long um i believe that one goes for like near 90 minutes um but like you said like the payoff it's like the build-up towards it it it's too long for too little in unfriended whereas host it doesn't ask too much of an investment and you get that really good payoff in the end I never thought about it that the active host is really like seven minutes. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the third, <laughs> third act, it's very short. Like, I think it's yeah. like, you know, as soon as Gemma puts on her mask, that's like the mm-hmm. turn into three, and that's really close to the end. Um, um, but yeah, I think I, I wonder with Unfriended because 90 minutes is technically, you know, quite a short film. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess maybe they felt that they couldn't have done it any you weren't allowed to do it any shorter at the time i don't know um but yeah after you've kind of seen people die over and over and over again and this we'll talk about this in the next film i think something kind of switches off in your brain after a while it just becomes less effective the more you see it like the more you see the ghosts it's you know um you're, so. you're just numb to it you're numb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah like like you're just lying there you're like Uh, just let it happen (laughs) just kill me now (laughs) yeah for real um what was i gonna say i was i had a thought i had a thought it's always bad when i have thoughts no i'm kidding (laughs) i um i was gonna watch it with the lights off and then about maybe 15 minutes and i was like no 
I'm gonna turn really the back you got you, you paused it got up and turned the lights on yeah what was the bit that scared you what was the bit where you that happened um the part where the the seance lady um something happened to her camera and then she was gone that was Ooh. scary <laughs> that's so I was like, guys, I know something's up. I'm not. <laughs> you guys have like ruined those masks for me, by the way. Oh, um, the filter things with Emma's character. Yes. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> I, I sent a photo of it to Kyla and I was like, I'm going to get one of these and show up to your house. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, like all credit to Rob and Jed for that because they just like looked at what what Zoom can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how can we make things scary out of this? And really just the idea of technology being able to sense something that we can't, like an extra sensory thing is, is nothing new. You know, like we've, we we have that on those, uh, you know, recording devices so that can hear the dead talking, all those, you know, ghost hunter, Geiger clicker things. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, really just trying to find a new way to reinvent those old tropes for our modern era was what I guess they did such a good job of coming up with these kind of new creative um i mean these new creative scares i think um i'm quite low i don't know there's a lot of kind of talk at the moment about like the genre of these kind of films like you know are they found footage films do we call them screen life films are they you know what are they because they're not technically found footage um and you know so you know there's always that kind of challenge for that kind of genre about how do you reinvent that so it doesn't feel like something you've seen before um so yeah all all credit to those guys for doing that really i i think one of my favorite things about host is like it was made in a time where people were kind of wondering what the future of filmmaking was going to be for a little bit Mm. um with coronavirus and lockdowns and whatnot and then host kind of comes out of nowhere and goes like no, you can you can do an effective horror film in lockdown with like kind of as little as possible. Um, and yeah, it, it's pure craft, honestly. <laughs> Thank you, but I, that's the thing. It's just like as soon as you've done one, like how many how many can we watch? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. We no, just got no, there first, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't want to say no. Yeah, you did get first, but it's like it comes out of nowhere, and it's now everything that comes out after everyone's going to be like, oh, it's like host. Oh True. God! I, well, that sounds a mad, a mad sentence for me to hear. That thank you. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm just this is. I think we'll always, in times of trouble and times of challenge, um, there'll always be people who are trying to, who find creative ways out of it. Um, and we just were lucky this time. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what like the next iteration of mm-hmm. um, like found footage movies are going to be, or just like generally cinema and and games and you know what is the future of our media going to be um so yeah we'll, we'll see absolutely love and it. i'm excited to see what you write next as well like mm, I'm well excited. I, I can't talk too much it was me jed and rob have written and made a new film uh that is coming out this year and it's with blumhouse um but i think i, I, I haven't seen it yet um and I can't say anything about it and I can't say what the title is because it will give it away. Um, but we are very excited. It's not going to be anything like Host. Um, uh, and I think it's going to be quite divisive. 
I'm really, Ooh. really curious to see what people think about it, like genuinely, because um, it, it, the, the subject matter is divisive. The uh, the characters are, you know, challenging. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We we love divisive movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we like Star Wars, so you know oh. that says all you need. <laughs> Listen, any movie that challenges me, I'm up for it. Oh. Um, well, you can so, tell me what you think when it comes out. Hopefully, 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 summer. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Um, before we move on, did you happen to see the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards? Well, the one that we we won in. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I am aware I was, of this. <laughs> yes. For those of you that don't know, it opens up with a host parody. You know, I haven't seen the parody, though. I missed it. So I don't actually know what happened. I heard it happened. Yes, it's it's I believe it's on Shudder. You can rewatch oh, the Chainsaw Awards. I, I wish it, I, I was not like wanting to touch on like, oh, did you know you won? But more of like, oh, did you happen to see the parody? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's such a good compliment for them to do that. That's really but cool of them. Genuinely great. If you haven't seen Host, even though we spoiled the hell out of it, please yeah, go sorry. and watch it it's 56 minutes it's wonderful and definitely looking forward to what you guys got cooking up in the future thanks um before we move on let's have a quick word from our sponsor folks do you love movies the good ones even the bad ones everyone told you not to like it sounds like super yaki is the place for you the team at Super Yaki loves movies so much they've dedicated every waking moment of their entire lives to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. They even offer top quality enamel pins of some of your favorite directors like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you wearable love letters to the movies and filmmakers you love. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships using compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERSESSIONS, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I.com. Let's, Let's watch, watch more, more movies. movies. All right, ladies. Um, Film number two this week. There's been a lot of build up to this. The, I'm ready. There really, the really has, but you know what? <laughs> I think this movie's kind of worth the build up. Well, depending on who you talk to. Yeah, this is a divisive film. I didn't realize how divisive it was. Ooh, yeah. Um, I want to say this is one of those movies you either love it or hate it. There's kind of no in between. Mm. <laughs> or for all I know, one of you could be in between about it and make me sound like I'm bullshitting. So whatever. <laughs> Might be anyway. me. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I swear to God, Kyla. <laughs> no, Sometimes I feel like she does shit just to get under my skin. Very end of the group. Oh no. Yeah, for real. Like we'll be talking about certain movies and I'm like, oh, this is like a horror classic. And she's like, this mm. kind of sucked. I'm like, are oh. you sure? You want to double check that? <laughs> well, anyway, film number two this week is Event Horizon from 1997, 
directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and written by Philip Eisner. The film stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen, Kathleen Quinlan, and Jolie Richardson. Set in 2047, it follows a crew of astronauts sent on a rescue mission after a missing spaceship called the Event Horizon. After it spontaneously appears in orbit around Neptune, searching the ship for signs of life, the rescue crew learns that the Event Horizon was a testbed for an experimental engine that opened a rift in the space-time continuum and left our universe entirely, allowing a malevolent entry to possess the ship. The film currently sits at a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes and is notorious for its lost footage that has been attempted to be recovered over the years. A remake is currently in the works at Amazon Studios. She's come back. The Event Horizon was the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. <laughs> okay, so instead of asking Kyla what she thinks right off the bat, I got to ask you, Gemma, why Why did you want to bring this movie this week? <laughs> well, first of all, all I'm thinking right now is like, I want to do the remake of whatever Amazon Studios is doing. Do I, want to, I want to do the remake of this film. Who do I talk to? <laughs> Too late. Oh, so, no. So they haven't said who's writing it. But as far as I know, one, it's going to be a television series rather than a feature. Interesting. And uh, two, I believe Adam Wingard is directing it. Mm. Which okay i'm making a furious note of that could, could be interesting <laughs> you're like i have to talk to my manager <laughs> I to talk to someone <laughs> i mean it's already been done like, <laughs> written by someone now but um you asked you asked me why did i bring this film um and i'm trying to think <laughs> back because it was a long time ago um when we first started chatting about like what we were going to talk about on this podcast and i just <laughs> really like you know, I really, I really like uh, cosmic horror. I love sci-fi. I love horror, and I think it's a really, really difficult thing to get right. Um, like mm-hmm. re- really challenging for lots of different reasons, which we can kind of get into in a moment. Um, but Event Horizon was a film that came out in you know, the, you know, the nineties. It's a nineties film, um, just before The Matrix, um, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, it, it's trying to do quite a high concept uh, sci-fi horror film about you know a you know a spaceship which essentially creates a black hole and uh, creates a portal to to hell essentially um, mm-hmm. by accident. And I was when I first saw that when I was about fifteen, I was like, oh my god, this is the most you know, this is like such a cool concept. It's mind blowing. It's like trying to be really bold. It's trying to talk about quite like high concept things that were kind of, you know, um, you know, pinging my my brain at that kind of age that I hadn't seen before, frankly. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I had seen that film for the first time yesterday, 
whether I would feel the same way about it. So I guess, Kyla, you're someone who's seen it for the first time recently as well. So I'm very curious about what you think of this film too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, wow, this is like aliens, right? Is mm. <laughs> um, but in the best way, because aliens is fun. I'm like another cool sci-fi horror with great production design. You know, those type of sets, I was just sitting there wondering, what do you what do they do with those sets? I can't imagine just taking them down because they're so yeah. they're so beautiful. Yeah. No, they 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 absolutely do that. That's I hate that. They just dismantle them. No, like, no, not. someone's got the warp drive in their house somewhere, I like to think. I'm sure it's just sitting there. Oh, <laughs> right? I I would hope. I would hope, but I you always hear stories about like props and like sets from films that just like just disappear and yeah. It's like either the studio threw them away or destroyed them, but I like to think oh that gosh. people have them. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say, this is like the missing footage of the film that uh, went mysteriously disappeared or degraded so, or something. There's a lot of there's a lot of mythology around. Yeah, around so, sh- so should we dive into that already? Wait, I want to so- know. Yeah, I'm so confused because I was thinking there's this movie is so good looking and there's so many good concepts, but something is missing here. No, like, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the studio notoriously made uh, Anderson um, cut down like a lot of this movie like and a lot minutes. of the violence. Yeah, like <gasps> like a ridiculous amount. Like originally, it was like what two and a half, almost three hours long. Correct. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, they they lost the footage. So like, is for, that why? For, or oh, they made him take it out, and then they lost it. No, I think I think it was like they had to push because uh, I think it's Paramount owned film, and Titanic was overrunning, and they needed to push this through quicker. So he's like, "You've got an, a month to edit this film and get it out, and it needs to be like very short." So, and they got another mm-hmm. editor in to do a pass on his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So he was never happy with what the film was, and then you know the the. It was done on film, so you know it just kind of the the stock kind of degraded. I think I heard a rumor that it's in some kind of salt mine in uh, Transylvania or Romania or somewhere, um, and it all just like degraded. So the it's just gone, and they can't redo it. I think that's the rumor. It might be bullshit. I don't know. So, as far as like recently about the recovered footage, I heard uh, Paul W. S. Anderson actually found it like on a VHS tape. And, what? Um, what? Just happened to find it. <laughs> happened to find like a a super rough like work print cut on a work print cut on like a on a VHS. Um, and I guess when he tried to get it restored and looked at it, like the VHS had been so degraded over the years yeah. that none of it was usable. <gasps> no. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was, uh, it was rushed out when, when it was clear that Titanic wasn't going to meet its release date. And Paramount was like, well, we got to get something out. Um, also the film notoriously had issues with the MPAA. Um, here in America, it was a uh, slapped with an NC seventeen rating. For what? Well, I mean, obviously the cut version, it's like it's fine, but like the the footage that's cut out is like pretty gnarly. Um, I believe one of the most infamous scenes in the cut, um, stuff is uh the blood orgy. 
Yeah. So I've I've read. I was so curious, so I, I decided to read the script. So I know. I mean, I don't know what else they filmed, but I know what was intended in the script. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we can we can we can dive Tell into the missing the missing the missing things. Yeah. So I actually have like a list right here in front of me. If you guys want me to read from yeah, it, yeah, I can. Wait, I just need to back up. What is the blood orgy? Like, someone please tell me. <laughs> I suspect we're about to dive into this. Yes. So known deleted scenes include a meeting scene between Weir and people in charge of the mission in which they discuss Event Horizon, some dialogue of which remains present in the theatrical trailer. Mm-hmm. More backstory for Cooper and Justin, including a stronger explanation for Justin entering the black hole. Mm-hmm. A deleted backstory of the relationship between Stark and Miller. Additional scenes explaining what the gateway to hell slash black hole is. Miller finding a tooth floating in the event horizon. A longer version of the scene in which Peter hallucinates that her son's mangled legs are covered in maggots. A scene in which Weir hallucinates that Justin turns into his wife Claire. A bloodier version of Weir's wife Claire's suicide. A longer version of the scene where Miller finds DJ's dead body with his guts on the table and a longer version of the visions of hell scene during Miller's final fight with Weir and more shots of the Event Horizon crew being tortured. The Blood Orgy video is also longer, as Anderson was sometimes too busy filming other scenes. Second unit director filmed some of the parts of these scenes. Real-life amputees were used for special effects scenes in which Event Horizon crew members are mutilated, and pornographic film actors were hired to make the sex and rape scenes more realistic and graphic. What the? Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, yes, that's all the gore stuff, um, and like I could, I could read. Hang on, have I still got it? I can read. Uh, let me find it. What was what was it? Blood orgy? Do I search for blood orgy? Um, <laughs> I, I I mean, search blood orgy event horizon on Google with um your own description. Here we go. All right, so <laughs> this is this is the this is the the notorious gore scene and t- to me the stuff that's missing from this film that's interesting isn't the gore. I just want to point out I think what's what's missing which might have made the film better is more of the conversations about theme and more of the conversations about the backstory because I think the the main problem for me in this film like retrospectively is like the lack of characterization and lack of relationships and like also what is this meant to all be about. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, in the you script, said you're, yeah. uh, you're changed your mind about it, right? Since you were 15 to now? Yeah, I mean, only, well, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a, I still really like it for all the things I said, but I just think it's, it there was, there was a better film that probably was in the edit, but I don't think the gore would have made the film better. Like the missing mm-hmm. gore is not the thing that's missing from this film. I think it's, it's, it's heart and it's like something for us to care about. I suppose, because um, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I think, you know, if you're going to do a horror film or, I mean, just just any, just if you're trying to make a point about like, you know, this is a film about chaotic evil as an entity, you know, that doesn't care about us or, you know, it's the worst possible thing imagined that we've, we've opened the gateway to. I, in my personal preference, I want to know what the, co- I know, I want to know what the contrast to that is. I want to have something that's at stake like whether that's a relationship I care about or um, something a character believes in or some levity and humor or anything and I think this film didn't offer an alternative to chaotic evil Um, so like ultimately at the end it just kind of left me a little bit 
cold, I guess. Or like it's that thing we talked about earlier where it's like you just see people being torture porn over and over and over again. After a while, you're like, I, I don't feel anything anymore because, you know, it's just the same kind of beat. Um, but I still do love it for all those other things we've already talked about. Like it's, you know, boldness and it's high concept presence. And there is some kind of fun a little bit at the beginning. And it's quite light on its feet and it doesn't take itself too seriously at the beginning. Um, but yeah, um, this scene that is missing that you you mentioned, Raina, like the things, oh God, it's like... Uh, you kind of like retrospectively, I think I can remember this slightly, but you don't really know what's going on. But it's stuff like a man uh, shoves his own hand and arm down his own throat and pulls out his stomach from, from his mouth. Um, there's like the blood orgy scene is like uh, these two people having sex and they're covered in blood. And then she's like eating his neck while she, he's having sex with her. <laughs> and I'm like oh and then yeah but like I, I don't think these things would have made it a better film if we'd seen them more, seen more of it is just my long-winded um uh, take on it no yeah <laughs> what about you I guys? totally what do you agree think? I totally agree there's just something missing and we got certain aspects of the backstory with his wife but I felt like I still didn't understand that dynamic as well as I should have um and I wanted to know more because if I understood the motivations better, maybe I would have felt something. Exactly. Yeah, I think you made a really good point. So the wife thing was something I didn't really understand either. And I think in the script, I mean, it's not it's not perfect, but I think the script manages to do something that I didn't see in the film, which was that it, um, it aligns his grief and his guilt um, over his wife's suicide um, with his kind of uh, loss of the ship. And I think he kind mm -hmm. of like in, in the, I don't know if that how you, you guys found watching the film, but I think it's meant to be like, you know, he loves this ship and it was this thing and it, it, it left him and it disappeared. And it was this like left this big hole. And it was the same feeling he felt when his wife um, killed himself, which he feels all this guilt about as well. So he had these two like gaping losses in his life and he's just trying to like, cling up like you know bring it back he like keeps talking about the ship as like she doesn't want us to leave and of course you know ships are female but it also feels like it's kind of aligned with his um it like the ship appears to him in his visions as his wife um you know so i think maybe i can kind of understand that a little bit more from that point of view um but also like the, the thing that i think the film has like you know they edited out that it's in the script and it isn't on the film was all the kind of conversations about theme and about um you know like because I was like what is this film about is it about is it saying that like oh you know classic scientists you went too far you're hubris you've done it again you shouldn't have opened the box you know is that what it's kind of saying um and, you know, there is, there is all this kind of conversation that was cut about you know they talk about the Tower of Babylon and um you know, like, you know, going, you know, if man couldn't, um, you know, if man, if God wanted man to fly, they would have given him wings, you know, they, they talk, they kind of keep talking about that kind of conversation quite a lot. Um, but yeah, they don't really offer an alternative to it that like any of the characters really represent. Like we've got like the scientist, we don't have like, we, you know, we have Lawrence Fishburne, but as the kind of practical guy, but he's not really like offering us like an alternative perception on that other than mm -hmm. like 
<laughs> no, fuck that. Um, you know? <laughs> Very um, one dimensional. Yeah. I mean, like what what's your kind of take on all the characters and you know, why you know, I I couldn't get a sense of any relationships. Did you? So so, so I'm gonna agree with you that like the movie does feel one sided on its viewpoints. Like it's like we're presenting this one side but because we cut out so much of the story <laughs> that's kind of like the only side you're getting mm. um unfortunately like as big as a paul ws anderson fan that i am which i'm a huge fan of his movies this one included um he's never been quite known for his storytelling mm. um i know that sounds like an absolute cop-out it's like oh he's a visual director but he's like but I genuinely think he is like um, his visuals are like a plus. He knows how to frame everything. But that storytelling uh, kind of leaves a lot to be desired. Totally. Yeah. It's like you're kind of buckled into like we're going to go in a haunted house. Like, you know, it, like mm-hmm. we're gonna, you know, they, they he's had the Chekhov's explosion devices in the first act. Like, you know, what are they And he's like? OK, I, the ship's going to explode in the third act, probably like because, you know, I appreciate that it, it it is quite a sort of mind visual fest of a film um mm. and you know and I appreciate that I don't think like you know all films have to be a certain way um but it was just like really just like lacking I just wanted to know what I what was at stake and what I cared about um and I think it you know I would have loved the film e- even more I guess <laughs> is what I'm trying to say yeah no yeah and it's definitely like like you said, like as a teenager, I was super into this movie too. Mm. Like it was like, yes, they open a portal to hell. It's awesome. Like cool shit goes down, but then you kind of watch it when you get older and I know it's dumb. And, and I literally just said, like, I knew what I was getting into with Paul DeRia's Anderson movies. But if it, if you watch this for anything more than just like a cool sci-fi horror ride, you're, just kind of not gonna get much with it that's what i thought Gemma was gonna say because i'm only starting to get to that age where i can rewatch stuff and not as a, appreciate it as much anymore because you're not as naive um i recently watched the last song with miley cyrus and <laughs> i wasn't so- <laughs> love that segue <laughs> It was not the film I thought you were going to bring <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be, like, amazing, but I just thought it would be a good romance, a rom-com, and it wasn't even good. So I was really surprised about that because it was really good when I was 12. Anyways, but, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. So it's really interesting um, how that movie ages differently. But as you guys were saying about the visuals and the storytelling, it's like you don't want to look away, but your mm. mind starts going numb at it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm seeing. I don't know what the story is here, but I just want to keep looking. Um, and yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I wanted to mention that Lawrence Fishburne. I know him from Hannibal, so that shows my age as well. But um, he walks in into the body that's, you know, his his abdomen is open and he's like up on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, there's that kind of kill in Hannibal as well. So that was funny. Um, yeah, that they have that. And then I also really love the part I just wanted to mention where she says corpsicle. 
That was my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was, you know, that this is a really good movie to watch in a group, I think, because I watched it with my partner um, who hates horror and I keep forcing him to watch horror films and we were just laughing. We had a really good time. <laughs> like there are so many bits in this. So I don't know if they were intentionally meant to be funny. Um, maybe they were, but like, just like um, there's a classic one that everyone says where it's like they watch the the bloody rape scene or whatever on the black box, and then Lawrence Fishburne's mm-hmm. like, "We're leaving." <laughs> it's just like you know, just like his delivery is impeccable. And there's some other stuff like uh, that kid who gets locked in the airlock, and that that's one of my favorite scenes actually. When you know he's in the airlock, we know he's going to be depressurized. And everyone's like, "Oh God, this horrible thing's going to happen." And you know, he like mm-hmm. I think there's a moment where he's like his finger like hovers over the <laughs> the close button and then just like nope gonna do the open button it's just really silly um there's just loads of moments like that in the thing you're like this is absolutely ridiculous and i really appreciate it um because it's not taking itself too seriously which i think a lot of i think a lot of those kind of films do because you know i'm comparing mm-hmm. to things like solaris or I mean, Ooh, not yeah. You know, sunshine just is kind Super of in similar. Serious. Yeah, will house, but yeah, like really like psychological drama. But this was just like, no, it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, and some shit's gonna blow up, and you're gonna go to hell, I guess. Like <laughs> go a, to hell, like a video game. Yeah, just like a video game. <gasps> and even like shining was... blood. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, it's like Alien meets Shining meets Hellraiser in space, I think. Which is funny that I said, like, the video game thing, because when he made this, he was hot off the heels of, like, doing the original Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, my God. So, like, you look at it, and then he went on to do, like, the Resident Evil movie series after this, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why his visuals are good. I really liked... um, the first that resident evil movie i've only seen the first one we're talking about the one with the woman in the red dress right yes i I love that film i am a huge unapologetic fan of that entire series it's brilliant and i think like i do care about the characters in that and i did care about uh certain relationships in that film um Mm -hmm. so i don't know i don't know like i think i think that did a better job but like maybe maybe the version he wanted would have been better i don't know no 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 like the studio like didn't mess with his version of that so yeah that could be like a prime example of like you should have just left event horizon alone yeah i would like to see it (laughs) um so i wanted to bring this up because recently screen factory uh re-released event horizon um in march of earlier this year they did like a collector's edition blu-ray and they put out uh the statement they said uh in regards to the quote-unquote anderson cut It says, quote, we did an exhaustive search for film elements for the director's cut, but as you'll hear in his new 2021 interview, director Paul W.S. Anderson doesn't think his cut will materialize. Unfortunately, much of the footage is lost, and as he mentions, he need to shoot new footage. We moved Mm -hmm. the release date a few times because of some of our leads, but to our disappointment, they didn't pan out. We definitely tried our best. So... It's funny that we bring up Zack Snyder's Justice League earlier because I was thinking about this and I was like, ooh, imagine if they got Paul Douglas Anderson to go back and like shoot new footage to kind of piece together something. Uh, like, I don't know. How could you? The night you, that night. The de aging CGI. Oh 
they just pull an Irishman. They de-age like Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne and everyone. Oh my gosh. No, I, I couldn't I couldn't handle that. I think I think, you know, I do think it's probably ripe for this um remake that you're saying, you know, and with with like, you know, it this this movie's over 20 years old, like almost 25 years old. Um mm-hmm. and I think, you know, some of our, you know, our tastes have changed there's lots of kind of wacky 90 shit in this film that like we mm-hmm. haven't even talked about just like really strange like cobbled together tropes from the 90s of you know like the uh the, oh, what's his name cooper he's like just like making all these like um really weird like workplace sexual innuendos <laughs> that are just like yeah. dude it's like 2045 and you're like talking about putting your your black self and your female colleague and like it's just like what are you talking about like and you know all those kind of like classic weird like uncomfortable stuff that the 90s um thought was funny and it's just like nah it's just a bit like gross (laughs) so um so 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 you're stoked for the for the remake you think it's well up for for a remake i think it would be yeah i'd love to see a remake of this i think um there's just you know it's a really good concept just make us care about the characters and the relationships and like you know make it for a modern audience i think it'd be freaking awesome like it could go quite um you know it could it could be quite mind-bending and that's the thing i love about this it's like it has such a cool mind-bending premise it's just you know um we're probably due for an update yeah and i think that this movie could have done really well if it wasn't so gory because at the end of the day, there's a lot of big blockbusters where the story just sucks, but, you know, it still gets a lot of praise. And I think this movie, I don't understand why. I mean, I do understand is the gore. But other than that, it's just the perfect 90s sci-fi movie. Just the storytelling is lacking. That's the mm-hmm. only part. And it's not even lacking, like, terribly, I guess. Because it's still something that's just, like, fun to watch so i'm sad that it could that horror is just this thing where you know that it doesn't get as much praise as it should because i think this is a really great movie and i don't know why i haven't oh by the way i haven't heard of it before so Mm -hmm. yeah i i think it's interesting that it's going to be like a television series because it's like oh you got no excuses for fleshing out that story now yeah yeah, I think that's going to be a real challenge for whoever does that. So I'm going to find out immediately after this. Listen, um, Gemma, if you get attached <laughs> to it, you're going to have quite the task ahead of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm sure I've missed the boat. But yes, um, I'm really, really <laughs> intrigued to see what these guys do. Um, I mean, I guess it's just like treat it like a haunting of Hill House. You know, it's like a it's a haunted house film on in a spaceship, but no one can leave um did, you know that's a story did you guys see that like tweet a while ago where it's like oh there's no such thing as space horror what no is some like journalist like tweeted out it's like oh there's no such thing as space horror because uh horror oh, is shit, like yeah and i was like wait what alien like event horizon <laughs> like i was like okay <laughs> yeah but, I think it was like one of those things where someone's trying to be contentious for the sake of it, you know? Yeah, just to get interaction. Um, because like you said, like Event Horizon is literally like a haunted house story in space. Yeah, I don't know why people get so like bugged down by like genre 
clarifications you know it's just like well it ha- it's like there's all this stuff like oh it has to be like a sci-fi i can't remember what she said it was something like it can't it has to it's sci-fi because horror is things happening to you rather than sci-fi where it's i don't know i'm paraphrasing it wrong but it, like these really specific um framings and it's just like nah man like it's just like it, 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 is it horrifying like what's the emotion here mm-hmm. like it horrified mm-hmm. me there is it didn't like make me like intrigued and thrilled i was just like my mind was it's like a cosmic horror where like literally you know our things beyond our imagination um come into our reality and um cause people to lose their minds like what's more horrifying than that i guess and that's it all it only happens to horror you know i don't hear people arguing about genre for other types of genres you know i people are so afraid to call something horror or to consider something horror because they think less of horror is what i've noticed yeah there's like a weird snobbiness especially in britain like we really really snobby about horror you guys are better at it i think um (laughs) but yeah i I guess there's also kind of a natural crossover with thriller like the most obvious example is things like um you know uh signs of the lambs like you know they pitch themselves as a thriller and it's like is it a thriller is it a horror is it both it can be both and we don't Mm -hmm. have to lose our minds i guess but um yeah i I don't know why the snobbiness keeps going it's a shame because yeah horror is cool if science of the lambs was like i were a horror movie there i don't know if academy awards would have nominated them i don't know no and maybe this would have done better if it had called itself a sci-fi thriller but it, mm-hmm. but it isn't it's a sci-fi horror so yeah I, I would i would love to just tell somebody this is a normal sci-fi horror and then just watch their eyes in agony as they see like all the gore and whatnot <laughs> but where we're going you don't need to see as they say in this film over and over again which makes no yeah. sense yeah. <laughs> okay. it's like okay <laughs> like i'm pretty what? sure you need, need to see <laughs> definitely Um, so um any closing comments about event horizon from either one of you i was just going to say i think um i said at the beginning i think cosmic horror which this really does fall into the category of is very difficult to pull off because it relies on things outside of our imagination and comprehension and how the hell do you present that in a visual uh medium like film so i think they did a very good job of you know insinuating things that are too horrifying to comprehend um and i really appreciated that and it's definitely one of the better examples of cosmic horror out there so thank you right on uh kyla do you have anything to say about event horizon or host for that matter oh yeah i don't about event horizon i forgot to mention i also really loved the makeup design in this movie glorious amazing um and about host just watch host i'm so excited that i got to see host this week um i actually had friends talking about it at film school like people who aren't even that into horror so much anticipated and i'm so glad that you came and talked to us today oh thank you it's been great chatting to you guys thanks for having me yeah thank you Gemma. um where can people find you online or is there anything you wanted to plug that you're working on or uh yeah you can anything? find you can find me online twitter's i'm i'm on twitter now that's the thing i found uh, during lockdown um i'm at gem gem hurley um and i've got a bunch of tv uh stuff coming out 
next year but um you'll probably forget about it by the time it comes out so we'll wait we'll wait till then before i talk about it (laughs) right on um kyla where can everyone find you i'm kyla k-a-i-l-a underscore ren on twitter all my links are in my bio i'm gonna be writing some more for film cred this summer so i'm super excited about that what about you reina you can find me at JFC Doomblade. You can also find my writing work being published pretty regularly on bloodydisgusting.com and screenqueens.com. I'm still working on that new byline. Um, as for the podcast, you can find us at Horror in Session on Twitter. You can also find us on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Please leave five-star review. Give us a follow, like, whatever. Just interact with us um Gemma thank you so much for joining us today no it's all been great we've got a talk and I it was an excuse to read the script for Event Horizon so thank you for doing that for me I cannot unsee it I'm like super curious for that script now (laughs) I know I'm like when you said you read the script I was like that's amazing now I need to read the script (laughs) Um, anyway uh Kyla do we have any announcements before we get out of here that you know of right off the top of your head because i can't think of any (laughs) just listen to us next week guys thanks for listening